In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm finally back with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm good. Welcome back to the UK. Good, good, good. I'm so excited to get into that bed next to me, mate. Well, you need a long sleep. Eight hours on the flight, though. You got lucky despite the delays. It's not bad going. Mate, you never guess where I am tomorrow night. Back on a plane? Yeah, back on a plane. I'm in Frankfurt for two nights. Very nice, very nice. Good beer and good food in Germany. I'm afraid to say it's long hours working. Uh, got an event to go to and uh, need to meet some highbrow clients. But anyway, mate, this is an NFL show, not a show about myself. Um, Sometimes yeah, feels that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, first of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone that has made this uh, sh- made this podcast what it is today. Jack, yourself, obviously you've been here from the start. I know it's my name on the show, but, you know, we are one. So, yeah, Jack, thank you very much. Thank you very much to the listeners, reviews, everything. Just please keep coming, feedback. We are nothing without you guys. No, so this is part three of the 100th episode trilogy. We decided one show just wasn't enough, especially when it dropped on a post-game show where Paul wanted to go to the pub straight after a game. There's so much else going on. So, uh Part three of the 100th episode. Um, no, what a way to have it. And special intro dropped for the first time on this show. A special thank you as well to Mark Schofield, who we had on before, who sort of uses a bit of Hans Zimmer music for his intro. So he nicked some stuff from Gladiator. And as he would say, are you not entertained? <laughs> did you wake up this, mo- this morning, Jack, and felt, did you feel dangerous this morning? That is the question. I always feel dangerous. Oh, excellent. And uh, Jack, question for you on the spot. What's been your favourite moment in the 100 episodes? Now that is uh, putting me on the spot. Um, I don't want want the biggest guest or your favourite guest. I just want the biggest moment. I'm going to say the sit down with Pete Smith. Just because it was, there's sort of the mystical aura around him. And uh, just to sit down and rag his brain with it um, was it was really enjoyable. It was it was one of them that yeah that for me was probably the one I'd go for. Believe it or not, I met Pete on the weekend. Great guy. Um, I think, mate, you two would get on like a house on fire over a beer. Well, maybe next season we'll sort that out. So, what's your moment? You know my favourite moment. God, have a guess what my favourite moment is. It's not the Ravens. (laughs) It is still my favourite moment. The moment when she said she'd be willing to cut her head off for the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, and then her husband says, "Mm, depends on what game it is. It is my favourite moment, and uh, 
if I'm ever sad, that moment makes me chuckle. Well, we've always got to need something to brighten up our lives as Browns fans. So, the trip, you obviously, you went to Berea. How was it? Yeah, um, the trip was amazing. Cleveland is amazing. When you go out there, I'm going to take you around, show you all the nice places. But yeah, Berea. So, um, I went to discuss uh, some social media, TV ideas for next year. Fingers crossed, they like the ideas. We'll find out uh, this year. But it was amazing, mate. I... um, Went in the building. It was a bit smaller than I thought. I thought it was going to be bigger. I obviously parked in the wrong car park space. I parked in a reserved space. I don't know if it was Dorsey's or someone's, but yeah, I parked. And, mate, literally the first person I meet or I saw when I walked in was Dorsey. Did you go, all right, buddy boy? I was very professional, Jack. I was in my suit. I was on my best, best behavior. And I, was only, uh, I only spoke when I was spoken to. Makes changes. So the change, so in other words, he didn't speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was amazing. Um, I met some uh, real great people in there. I met the kind of the heart of the organisation. And um, yeah, I feel very comfort- comfortable with them guys leading us forward. So uh, it was great. No, really good stuff. Well, I'm hoping next season, potentially, 10 days over there, do Cleveland home game, Cleveland away game, potentially Foxborough on the cards to go watch us route the New England Patriots, um, go watch some baseball, some ice hockey, some basketball, two football games. Sounds like the dream. Yeah, excellent. I think um, my highlight is, is something I'm going to start planning now, is taking the Browns Muni lot to make a huge event and tailgate to the Paul Brown Stadium. I like it. Let's take it over. Um, I'm trying to get uh, McNeil to get involved. He did a great thing with putting on these 0-16 parade. Let's see if he can be positive and put something amazing on with me next year. Well, I'm going to have to tie him up next year because I need him to have the 16-0 and parade planned. So uh, <laughs> if, he, if that doesn't come together, I'm, I'm willing to let him work with you. All right, great. And... Uh, yeah, what's been going on in the Browns' world? Well, you were talking about the Paul Brown Stadium, and uh, it's not just our fans that have gone there. It's, uh, we had some trash dropped off there this week. Hugh Jackson has rocked up back as special assistant to the head coach. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It, um, can, you, can you help me out? Because I've been trying to work this out. On a scale from water boy to ball boy, where does Hugh Jackson's new job title sit? I don't know, mate. It's just, it's a bit like, I don't know, like all these players pre-season going from divisional club to a divisional club. They're not great players. It feels like just moving across to get some information for two games a year. How would you feel, Jack, if there was a ban? You can't transfer between uh, divisions. No, I don't don't think you need that in there, but um, there's certain rules with stealing players off practice squads and anything, but... For me, Hugh Jackson's done his job. He went to a divisional rival. He ruined them for two and a half years. And now he's gone back to, what, pump up the balls before practice. Who knows what he's doing there. I, I fully hope that he becomes the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals because then, worst comes to worst, we're always going to finish third or higher in the division. So, there's positives. So, uh, yeah, we're coming for you, Hugh, and we're going to rout you. 
The good news is I've still got my question for him. So, Hugh Jackson, when the, for the Bengals to win the Super Bowl, what body part are you willing to give up? Well, I'll tell you who hasn't got much time for uh, Hugh Jackson, and that'd be one of my new favourite Browns players. He was already up there, but he went, he went to number one for today. Demarius Randall, who on news that Hugh Jackson has joined the Bengals, just put out laughing emojis and then put, in other words, Hugh, we, pl- we play the Browns twice. Tell us what you know. And uh, what was this one? Crying faces. It, it's just, it's laughable what Hugh Jackson's done. Um, good riddance to him. Don't ever want to see him again. Um, it's their problem. Move on. Do you think Hugh Jackson's going to be there for another five, ten years then at the Bengals? I think uh, Marvin Lewis will do either this year or one more after this, and he'll be the head coach after that. That's a hot take. Well, sorry, mate. Mary Kay's really coming with a huge hot take, and it looks like it may come true. Oi, 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 oi. Are you about to predict us losing twice the Bengals this year? It's a very good point. You're correct. I'm not doing that, so. Yeah, well, I needed to clear that up. They've sacked their defensive coordinator. Their defence is a mess. Hugh Jackson and Marvin Lewis trying to manage the defence. It's going to be a disaster. So, uh, they've got a really good offence, but our offence is looking very, very tasty. And I've, I've actually got some numbers for you on this. So, a on, very man. nice segue there. Getting good at this, aren't we? Podcasting from one topic to the next. Um, it's, only so, good. it's only good because you're talking, Jack, to be honest. <laughs> I was, I was just stalling, more or less, so I could pull up the table on my phone so I could talk about this now. So uh, I've pulled out the numbers, um, looking at Baker Mayfield's first and tens um, under Haley and then under Kitchens. So he had five and a half games under Haley, two games under Kitchens. Um, 147 first downs under Haley, Kitchens, um, 51 first and tens. And the reason why I'm looking at first and tens is because it's a very simple measure of does your start of a set of downs start on a positive, as in are you getting them four yards that keeps you on um, yep. the scale to get the next first down, or are you basically screwing it up on first down and getting us nowhere? So since the move from Haley's to Kitchens, we've gone up 0.4 yards average on every play. But the key thing is, on that success and the four yards or more, we've gone from 51% success to 56.9. And that's a massive jump. In terms of yards on pass play, that's up. Um, success on pass play, up. Um, the average yards on run plays down. But the important thing is 7.7% increase in success rate. So while we might not have as many big plays on first and 10 that are run plays, we're constantly getting four yards. And that's what it's all about when it comes to it. Have you managed to achieve the four yards um, to keep your offense on schedule? And the answer is yes, yes, yes with Kitchens. Um, it's a small sample size, but you only get in 400 first downs a season, roughly. So 50 is a solid enough sample size to get an early taste. I'll look back at the numbers end of the season and we'll get a decent picture. But positive signs from Kitchens. The offense is looking good. And it's amazing what happens when you get rid of uh, your two main offensive minds. All right. So, Jack, you've always said it's 
it's it's a passing league, not a running league. So the um, the passing numbers have gone down. Uh, Todd Haley liked to pass more than Kitchens. Yeah. So um, under Haley. Um, on first down, we had a 56.5% of the plays were passes. Under Kitchens, it has dropped 49%, which was a surprise. Yeah, but you always keep going on about how important it is it's a passing division. How do you feel about this, that we've dropped our uh, passing numbers? So part of the reason I think this might have come to it, and I haven't sat there and looked at the numbers based on splits, but we moved ahead um, in the Falcons game which wasn't as much in the 5.5 games before that. And once you take the lead, that's when you want to start running because Got in your head, you run the clock out and you start running it down. And unfortunately, in them early games, we weren't in a position to do that as much. We were racing from behind and having to throw all the time. So I think that might be the factor that sways that one. All right, great. And then the um, average yards on the running game has dropped, mate. Yeah, but it's, it's about the consistency of success because what you don't want in a running game is you get one run for 15 yards and then you do nothing on the next few. It's about constantly hitting four or more yards, four or more yards. So I would much rather have a running game that averages four yards a rush and every time you get four yards compared to a running game that gets five yards on average of one run you get 15 yards and then for the next two runs you get nothing because the trouble is you're then not able to every time you're hitting four yards four yards four yards one in two in three would be a fail on that other one so for me I'm more interested in this success percentage and working that up than that tied into the idea of uh, big yard plays and we, we have seen them obviously Chubb had a massive play but it won on first and ten all right, great. Rolling nicely on. I'm Team Chubb and you're Team Mayfield, I believe. Yeah, when it comes to Rookie of the Week, um, I, th- I think they both had great games. Don't get me wrong, it's not a uh, one had a uh, amazing week, one didn't. I'm not going to argue that. Um, for me, I thought Mayfield was excellent. Um, he didn't have that many passing attempts, but the fact that he was, I think, 11 for 11 at one point, he was ripping it up. Um, I, I can't want any more. And it's so much harder as a position to play quarterback than it is running back. Um, for me, I'm giving it Mayfield, but over to you, make your case for a bit of Chubb. Yeah, I think with Chubb, he has got more uh, running yards than someone like Jim Brown, for example, in that one run. I think it's a uh, monumental moment. And that's why I think he should get rookie of the, uh, of the week. An interesting stat is he's basically got the same amount of rushing yards so far this season and the same amount of rushing touchdowns of some bloke that was taken second in the draft over a quarterback. And people are like, oh, Sigwan Barkley. Um, we got Chubb. And I did say very much earlier in an earlier podcast, when time comes to show, there'll be nothing between Chubb and Barkley. And we're getting nearer and nearer that. Barkley's done a bit more in the passing game, but he's had a lot more opportunity than Chubb, um, who was obviously hampered by a head coach and offensive coordinator that loved two-yard Carlos Hyde. But, mate, I did notice you tweeting today about how you disagree of taking a running back as a, in the second round. 
Oh, 100%. You will never get me agreeing with taking a running back in the first or second round. Um, I'm willing to take an elite receiving back in the second half of the third round. But day three is where running backs belong. And Ito Smith, for that reason, will be my boy because that's where running backs belong. And also, Philip Lindsay. Go on, boy. Weren't even invited to the combine. He's been a monster this year. Do you think we're going to uh, take a running back next year? Oh, uh, 100%. I want to take a running back. Um, but on day three, um, sixth, seventh round, UDFA. Yeah, find someone. Okay. All right, great. What's next on the agenda? There were some other stats that I found very interesting. Um, and we spoke about them in the, uh, the first part of this 100-episode uh, trilogy after the game. And I said, oh, I need to go away and look at the numbers before I confirm it. But the D-line rotation, and we saw players like Zettel come in. Uh, we saw other players like Price um, and Smith get solid shares in that game. And it was just, I sat there and I've tweeted them out. The numbers from weeks one to nine compared to the numbers for week 10. So... We saw Ogba go from a 62.6% to a 70.7%, um, which was one of the only real increases um, from a starter. But then you had players like Garrett go from 91.2% of snaps on defense to 66.7%. And that's the magic number, 66.7%. No player should be playing more than that because if you keep them fresh, your D-line can put a lot more pressure on and do a lot more different things. Um, so like an Ogan Joby went from 88.5% over the first nine weeks down to 587 um, And then you saw Zettel went from 6.9% over the first nine weeks up to 33.3% in one game. So there's positive signs in there of them learning how to work that defensive line better because that way we're going to see a lot less injuries um, you're going to see a lot less players gassed. Um, and I think some of the reasons why we've had problems in the fourth quarter and they say, oh, we can't close out games, is because if you've got a player like Miles Garrett out there for over 90% of snaps, he cannot continue to rush the passer on all those snaps. If you'd have lowered his numbers, his sack numbers would probably have increased by now. That's a big call, mate. I, I, I don't think it's that bold. If If I ask you to run less sprints, um, then you're going to be able to put more effort into those sprints than if I told you to run 100 sprints. If I saw how much work you could do in 66 sprints and how much work you do in 100 sprints, and I told you drive even harder, you're going to be able to put more into those 66 sprints and you're going to be fresher by the end of it. Nice way of putting it, mate. You really broke that down very nicely for me, Jack. I appreciate that. Thank you all. You should be a school teacher, mate. Chances of playoffs. You were texting me the other day after the game and going, Jack, what's the numbers? What's the numbers? And Football Outsiders, it's an amazing resource, but they hadn't updated them uh, when you were pestering me for the results. But they're out. They've had a 400% increase. Mate, we're going to do it, aren't we? 2 week 10 for our playoff chances, according to Football Outsiders. So... Exciting stuff, exciting stuff. We've gone from 0.2% to 0.8%. Mate, so realistically, we're going to have to win, what, five out of six games? I think we've got a chance of five out of six. 
I'd feel more confident if we won six out of six. So you reckon even if we did five out of the six games, that would put us on eight and one? Yeah. That's not going to be enough. It's, it might be enough. It's not guaranteed. We'd win three divisional games, mate. The divisional games won't matter. I don't think they'll come into impact um, because it'll be for wildcard spot rather than winning the division. If you look at the hunt at the minute, there's teams with five wins in the Titans and the Dolphins who are above us. Um, so th there's still a way to go. I think unless we get lucky, yeah, I think eight wins might not be enough, but nine wins should be. To win every single game. Why not? Why not? If if we can remain slightly competitive with the Chiefs at times, and we can go out there and dominate the Falcons. I know they had a bad game on offense. Then, if if this offense can continue to grow over the next uh, week, our defense can become a lot more healthy. Crazier things have happened. Um, yeah, the Forty Nine ers had a good uh, end to their season last year, didn't they? Had a phenomenal end to their season, and then uh, they had a good game against the Oakland Raiders, but it's the Oakland Raiders, and unfortunately they they bottled it against the Giants of all teams. The Giants, they're awful. Who um who do you think our hard hardest team is, or hardest game? You got to remember, four of our games are away, two are only at home. I've never had that much. Um, care about the, the home versus away splits. I know there's slight stuff in there. I've asked the boys at um, PFF Forecast to do some numbers for me in the off-season and work out the value of home versus away. So uh, that'd be something to look out for. Jack, we haven't won a away game for three years, mate. That's on Hugh Jackson. We haven't had a uh, away game since we got rid of Hugh Jackson. So uh, <laughs> nothing to worry about, Sunshine. <laughs> nothing to worry about. <laughs> Uh, mate, okay, If what does Greg Williams have to do to keep his job or keep the head coach? Can, can we just answer the hardest game left before we get onto that one? All right, sorry. So the games left are Bengals, Texans, Panthers, Broncos, Bengals, Ravens. I'm going to say the Panthers might be the hardest game left. Even though they got spanked by the Steelers, I think they're a really good team. Um, the Texans... We're going to get pressure on it and just absolutely cane Deshaun Watson. Um, it's going to be a bloodbath. So uh, I would say the Panthers might be the hardest game in there. Panthers is at home though, mate. But we're at, we, we haven't got the Hugh Jackson tax now, so it's all good. It's all good. Well, Ravens, they're going to be playing. Um, they're crumbling at the moment. That, that could be potentially a game for the playoff spot. Are you doing anything between Christmas and New Year? Uh, yeah, I'm away for a few days. Where are you going? Um, well, it's way before Christmas. I'm off to the uh, Derby Dales um, for four days seeing parents. I'm going down to see my parents for a couple of days before Christmas. Um, so you're free. Should we go out there? Go out when? <laughs> I'm not 28, going out 29th, 30th in December. Uh, I'm going out next season. I've already said... We're going out and doing 10 days. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, Great. I think uh, I think Bengals at the Paul Brown Stadium is going to be the hardest game. We'll see. I reckon we're going to have them. Be great. It'd be amazing. 
Is that the one straight out of the bio or is it out at home? Uh, yeah, it's the next one because I'm going to Ireland to watch that one. Very nice. I'll, just a heads up, I might end up not watching the uh, Bengals, the second Bengal game live. Um, I'm working on trying to find a pub in Bournemouth. So, uh, so Bournemouth? Yeah, Bournemouth. So if anyone knows pubs in Bournemouth in the UK that show that on TV, greatly appreciated. Drop us a uh, line, let us know, um, because I'm going to be pub crawling somewhere in Bournemouth. Don't I'm you gonna... have a uh, Game Pass? Pardon? You have Game Pass? Yeah. Just watch it on your phone. What? Mate, the amount I'm drinking on my annual piss-up down the hill in Bournemouth, the last thing I want to do is looking at my phone while I'm stumbling down the hill. It'll, it's going to end up in disaster. And that's without me trying to watch stuff. Greg Williams. How does he keep his job? That is the question. Um, I think it's five or six wins. Three. If he gets three wins, I think he'll get off of the job, head coach. I just the question is, and as you said before we started filming, does does he want it? Is another question. No one knows. Uh, Jack, do you want him? Uh, not really because I, I wouldn't mind him staying as defensive coordinator if we see this continued rotation of the D-line and see work going on. There's, lo- there's negative still there of he needs to do a better job of disguising coverages, but he, he's going to give you a middle-of-the-road defence, which might be enough, um, and then the talent of the players can elevate that. Um, I don't know. Um, head coach? No, ideally not. I want him. I want the young offensive mind to come in and build something around Baker for the next ten years. So I'm I'm not opposed to him staying. What about you? Um, he annoys me with the screenplays that just seem he can't seem to stop. But otherwise, I like everything about him, and especially being at the game on uh, Sunday watching. The way defending at the line, everything—that's that's what I love about him. You know, like he loves it. He's passionate about it. He cares. You know, he cares. You know, he he loves taking a uh, a rough diamond and making it into a beautiful ring. You know, that's that's him all over, and taking players to Super uh, Pro Bowls and stuff like that. So I love that side of him, and. I would love him to be our DC, but I don't think um, the people at the Browns will want to limit their options with keeping Greg Williams there. I think the door will be open for a new DC, a new OC and a new head coach to do the whole package. Yeah, I think it might be one of them that like if a McVeigh comes along and he was obviously very sensible to reach out to Wade Phillips, one of the long-reigning defensive minds in the NFL, that... If you take that job and your heart's not set on a particular defensive coordinator to come in, Greg Williams didn't seem to be interfering with anything behind the scenes when you had the Haley Hugh issues. Um, you might honestly see a, uh, defen- a young offensive mind come in and they go, we want Greg Williams to stay. Can we work that deal out? And I think he might be up for that. I think he might not be that inclined to take a head coaching job because there is the baggage there of the flake gate and the other stuff, but that's in the past. And he's, he's sort of on 
a uh, redemption tour with this uh, eight-game stretch. So I, I think there's definitely a chance he now remains as defensive coordinator. And the thing that I do love with how the NFL is going, it's not about how many yards you get anymore. It's about did you score on this drive or was it a takeaway or was it something else? And he loves building that sort of aggressive defence. Obviously, our defence is probably one of the most loaded in the NFL in terms of if you look at how many first and sort of second round draft picks are in there, it's mental. But um, who knows? Um, we can keep adding a little bit of talent here, a little bit of talent there and see what happens. Yeah, you keep mentioning a young head coach. You know, like looking at the uh, trick plays that we played on um, Sunday in the first quarter. And uh, do you really want a young, uh, a young uh, head coach? Um, as I say young, it's, it's not so much young as in... It's a mixture of young and a mixture of fresh. Um, what I don't want is I don't want the McCarthy, the Harbors, the Chuck Paganos, the Bruce Arians, the people that have been there and done it. What I want is someone to come in that I can build around for the next four years plus. So I'm talking John DeFilippo, um, who used to be here, is now the Vikings offensive coordinator. The enemy, who's the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Matt Campbell um, from college. Lincoln Riley from college. Um, they're sort of... I want that bold name because I'd rather give it a shot and it doesn't work out than you bring in someone that... If McCarthy can't take Aaron Rodgers to more than one Super Bowl, they're the most talented quarterback in the, probably ever. Um, I still wouldn't call him the GOAT, but he is the most talented quarterback ever. Then it, what use is he to us? Um, so I, I would say, yeah, let's, let's go for something different. I don't want someone, I don't want someone else's trash. Okay. Um, I'm open for old or young, whatever. Whatever, as long as Dorsey gets the pick, I'm going to back it. Well, I'll, I'll cheer for whoever it is, but I, I'm not going to write him a blank check. If if we end up with a Chad Thomas or a uh, Austin Corbett, then uh, I'll, I'll be there calling it out straight away. And deal with it. Question for you, Jack: Is did you want Hugh Jackson when he came? Um. I was sort of new to the NFL. It, was, it looked like a good hire on paper. Um, honestly, I'll hold my hands up. I wasn't that knowledgeable with it all. Um, my knowledge has sort of grown over that time. Um, so I wasn't really in a position where it looked like a good hire at the time. Did I know enough that I could judge whether it was a good hire or not? No, I didn't. All right, cool. All right, let's move swiftly on. Well, that's it. We've done the show sheet. All right. Well, excellent. Well, look, Jack, we have done it, mate. A hundred episodes. Uh, I'd like to thank you. Uh, we made a pack that we do one episode a day and we've done it. Well, and we're going to carry on. Other than last week when we did eight because Hugh Jackson got fired. <laughs> it, was a, it was a big moment. Um, but yeah, uh, we've got lots of good things to discuss. Uh, off, I know in the off season I've got loads of ideas as well so the show's not just going to die at the end of the season and uh, yeah keep adding some social media onto things some content uh, I've got high hopes for things mate we've got that first week of December uh, sort of first 
week, I think it might be uh, the first whole week of December. It's a very, very exciting week. I've been lining up some fantastic guests for about the last two months, been chatting to them. So we've got a special series of shows, Thursday to uh, Tuesday to Friday, four special guests. Three are in the bag, working on one more. And that'll be a really, really interesting look at stuff around the NFL, but also what that's meant for the Browns. So uh, I'm looking forward to that week. Um, Paul sort of giving me a bit of free reign to go and uh, chase some names. And uh, we've turned up Trump so far. But, uh, no, Hang on, man. Not that, not, not that much freedom. Uh, Captain Jack's just uh, downed all the rum and uh, gone crazy. Excellent. All right, it sounds fun anyway. But yeah, guys, thanks a lot as always for you guys. Feedback, reviews, anything that you want, let us know and we'll do it. And let us know if there's guests out there that we haven't got on yet. Talk to us and go, oh, I really like this person. Can you get them on? And we'll do everything we can to get them on. Um, we've obviously keep into our rule that we try and if we can get to the end of the season without having a repeat guest on one of our guest slots. Obviously, we've had a Jake on a guest slot and as well on our post game, but just talking about them guest slots, we haven't had a repeat yet, which I think has been incredible considering we've had 103 shows now. So, uh, 102. So, uh, no, amazing. All right, excellent. Well, Jack, you can finish up. Change is happening. There's change coming. There's change.